It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Good morning, America. I'm Jay Christian Adams. In for Sandy Rios this morning. Great to be here. Can't wait till Sandy's back and at full speed. But until then, you could follow me at Election Law CTR. It's Election Law CTR on Twitter. I'm the president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. We're the nation's only nonprofit law firm dedicated solely to election integrity. We're going to talk a little bit about the law today. Promised it last time. We'll get to it this time. But I want to hear from you at 1-88-589-8840. Last week, we talked about double standards, not enforcing the law, failing to prosecute those attacking churches and attacking pregnancy centers, burning, smashing, defacing. Not much out of the Justice Department still, but we're going to talk about another double standard, and it relates to the Supreme Court justices, because they're being harassed at home, they're being attacked and threatened, and in the case of Justice Kavanaugh, nearly assassinated, we keep, we don't hear much about that, do we? We don't hear much about the fact that a man with a crowbar and a gun, showed up at Justice Kavanaugh's house with zip ties, too. Not sure what those were for. But what really stands out to me is the fact that in Virginia, in Virginia, where many of the justices live, particularly the the best ones, (laughs) sorry, Justice Kavanaugh, but the really good ones who we don't have to worry about being squishes, like Alito, Coney Barrett, Thomas, they live in Virginia, and Virginia actually has a law that we're going to talk about that makes it illegal to protest at someone's house. We'll get to that next segment, one 888 want to hear from you. Overnight, some really, really precarious, and I suppose terrible, but at the same time, uh, good news in a way, headline, Indiana shopping mall shooter, this is in Indianapolis shot dead by armed Good Samaritan. I'm not quite sure Good Samaritan is the right term, but we'll, we'll, we'll stick with the headline. So some guy goes to a shopping mall with a high-powered rifle and a bunch of clips. And Indiana is one of the states, thankfully, where the Second Amendment has long been respected. And there's probably lots of people driving around in Indiana in shopping malls and elsewhere who have legal concealed carry permits and were armed. And that's exactly what happened in Indiana, Greenwood, Indiana, in fact. So this fella starts 
shooting and a law-abiding citizen with a firearm brings it to a close. A law-abiding citizen with a firearm was present, thankfully, and averted a much wider, horrific calamity. So it just shows you how a armed citizenry that has guns in the hands of law-abiding citizens prevents wicked, murderous chaos. Oh, and we see examples like this, it seems, almost every single week. So big fan of concealed carry, big fan of a highly armed law-abiding citizenry, because not only does it prevent chaos, I think it promotes courtesy. When people are aware of the need to behave, they tend to behave. Speaking of bad behavior, it pulls out about public schools. Gallup, Gallup poll. They ask people if they have confidence in public schools. Just imagine if your phone rang and they asked you that question, what your answer would be. And the answers range from great deal of confidence, quite a lot, some, very little confidence, and then there's no confidence. I know which one I'm in. How about you? Well, here's the numbers. 9%, 9, single digit of U.S. adults have a great deal of confidence in public schools. 19% have quite a lot of confidence. So we're talking, what, 28%, quarter of Americans have a great deal of confidence or some confidence in public schools. 39 have some. 39% have some confidence in public schools. 31% have very little, and 2% have no confidence in public schools. Like I said, I know where I am on this scale. But if you look at it, if you look at it carefully, most people are in the middle and not very happy. If you take some confidence, which is not a ringing endorsement, and 31% with very little and 2% with no, suddenly you're in the three quarters of the country aren't real happy, which of course should surprise nobody listening because very little that's in the news about public schools, whether it's shooting, whether it's curriculum, whether it's wokeness, whether it's allowing boys to dress as girls, and Actually, not just allowing. It's gotten to the point where this is almost promoted and considered a virtue. So with all of these things happening with public schools, I'm actually surprised these numbers aren't even more stark. Count me in the very little to no confidence. Because I've seen what's been happening in the country with public schools, and they have been weaponized. They've been weaponized as one of the single most effective institutions arrayed against American values, where they teach things such as the founders are bad, where they teach things such as don't listen to your parents, listen to us, the government employees, where they undermine the role of the family as a matter of course. So I'm a little surprised that the numbers are as high as they are. 
But when you're down to a quarter of American people actually supporting you, that's pretty low. And that's where the public schools are these days. And who can blame it? I'm Jay Christian Adams. I want to hear from you today at one 589 Is there something related between this declining confidence in public schools and the mayhem going on in the country? Could that be somehow interrelated? That people are saying to themselves, look at this person in Uvalde that shot the school up there and ask yourself, how did we get there? How did this happen? Or how about in Illinois? How about that character whose name I won't even mention anymore? But how did, how did that happen? Where did he go to school? I'm going to guess. Correct me if I'm wrong. one 589 So last week, when I guest hosted for Sandy Rios, we talked a lot about double standards. You know, because double standards, when I was growing up, were considered to be bad. In fact, if you read our Constitution or the Declaration of Independence, it kind of addresses double standards. It's like all men are created equal, all, and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. There's no subset of people who aren't entitled to the protection of the laws. That's what they do in other countries, right? That's what they do in other places around the world in world history. Is they say, hey, we don't like you because you aren't the preferred group, and we're going to treat you differently under the law. And the United States was formed to break that cycle. We are the first country that reflected the fact that everybody was created in God's image, and everybody is to be treated equally before the law. There's no group of people who get special privileges in the law. There's no group of people that we relegate to the margins. Now, was the founding perfect? No. But it created the toolkit to eventually undo the imperfections. Of course, at great cost in blood and treasure. And frankly, it still resonates through the culture today. But the fact is the United States was the first country in the history of the world that was set up for the proposition that nobody is above the law, nobody has special privileges under the law, and all men are created equal. It's in our Constitution. There's an Equal Protection Clause. It's all throughout our governing documents and our founding documents. So this should not come as a surprise to anybody, unless, of course, you're a college admissions official. Because if you're a college admissions official in 2022... Your job is to dole out special privileges. Your job is to take race into consideration, right? College admissions officials work against this American value. So do others, like employees at the United States Department of Justice, which we talked about last week. Heard lots of your calls, talked to a lot of you. They think the law only protects certain groups. I know because I worked there in case you're a doubter, in case you're just tuning in and we haven't had a chance to introduce ourselves. I was an attorney at the United States Department of Justice in the voting section doing elections from 2005 to 2010. 
So I got to see both how the Bush people handled it and the Obama people handled it. Wrote a whole book about it called Injustice. Injustice. You can read it and see for yourself the details. But what happened in 2009 is a new sheriff got to town named Eric Holder. An unequal enforcement of the law became the law of the land. And I was working on a case involving the new Black Panther Party, some of you will probably remember, who were stalking a poll in Philadelphia. We got a default judgment against them. We sued them during the Bush administration. And when the new folks came in, they dismissed the case because they don't think the Voting Rights Act should be used against certain people. I think that is wickedness because I believe in what's in the Declaration of Independence. I believe what's in the Constitution, and it talks about how this nation was founded to treat everybody equally. Well, what has happened since then involving the post-Roe v. Wade overturn is another example. We talked about that last week, where crisis pregnancy centers are being bombed, mutilated, burned, destroyed, and nothing is happening from the Justice Department. Now, any time certain churches were defaced during the Obama administration, like a swarm of FBI agents showed up. But folks, what I'm going to tell you, and we'll talk about it more in the next segment, is it's even worse than this. Because there is a law in Virginia that does protect Supreme Court justices. Supreme Court justices and you and me, if you live in Virginia, are protected from protests at your house. And I have written a piece about this at PJ Media, which we'll talk more about in the next segment. I want to hear from you at one 589 that says you can't protest at justices' houses. It's a crime. So my question is, why is it still happening? Why is the law not being enforced? Does the double standard affect and infect our side? The people who don't want to see people threatened? We're going to talk more about this and more. I'm Jay Christian Adams, in for Sandy Rio, so I can't wait till she gets back. And I want to hear from you at 1-888-589-8840. You're listening to American Family Radio. In this time, we celebrate that Roe versus Wade has been overturned with great joy. Roe versus Wade has been responsible for the slaughter of over 63 million babies. Now the decision to abort a child will be left in the hands of the states, and sadly, abortion will continue in the most liberal states. Over the past 16 years, Preborn has positioned their clinics in the top abortion cities where 50% of abortions take place. Preborn's work of saving babies' lives will continue at an even greater level as they fight Planned Parenthood and now defend their centers from the radical hate groups who want Want nothing more than to shut them down. Preborn's response is entirely dependent on you, the pro-life community. Would you consider a tax-deductible gift of any size? Your gift will save babies' lives and help keep preborn centers safe so they continue their life-saving work. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or go to preborn.com. 
Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills and to one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. A source on Capitol Hill tells me Democrats are in the final stages of introducing legislation that would ban certain guns. A member of House Judiciary who asked not to be named says Democrats plan to ban so-called assault weapons. Now, Democrats hold a solid majority in the House, but some pro-Second Amendment Democrats in the Senate could stop the legislation. Any law banning rifles will not have that much of an impact on mass shooting deaths. Data shows that only 14% of mass shootings dating back to 1998 involved rifles. The legislation has yet to be introduced, but it should not surprise Americans that progressives are staging an attempt to take away lawfully acquired firearms. Again, this is not about safety. This is about disarming the American people. I'm Todd Starnes. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at sandy at AFR.net. That's sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Good morning, America. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'm in for Sandy Rios today. And we're talking about double standards. We saw lots of double standards last week. When it came down to it, we had a crisis pregnancy centers being defaced, burned. We had churches being burned. Oh, yes, if you're just tuning in, United Methodist and Bethesda, St. Jane in Maryland, both were blessed with uh, uh, road offenders setting fires. That's the weapon of choice, apparently. It's matches, fire, accelerant, right? So this is a real problem, not getting a lot of attention, but it's happening. And one of the other things happening is the mobs are showing up in Virginia at Supreme Court justices' homes. Of course, one person showed up at Justice Kavanaugh's home wanting to assassinate him. I want to drive that home because it doesn't seem to be a real topic of focus at the Washington Post or the New York Times. Now, if somebody had tried to assassinate Ruth Bader Ginsburg, 
five years ago, we'd probably still be reading about it every couple of days in the New York Times. See, that's just how they play. But that's why the law is supposed to be the great leveler. The law is supposed to, if properly enforced, make everybody buy into the project, make everybody feel that they're protected as long as it's enforced. Now, I wrote a piece at pjmedia.com that says, the headline says, in Virginia, it's a crime to protest at Supreme Court justices' homes. So enforce it. That's the headline. Now, my colleague Hans von Spakovsky at the Heritage Foundation has also written a piece uh, uh, similar to this. And I want to give you guys a, just a brief taste of what the law says in Virginia. Because, hey, who knows? Maybe you'd benefit from this if you live in Virginia. So Virginia, in Code Section 182418, 18.2418, says that it is the legislative purpose of Virginia, the 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 intent of the law is to protect people in their homes. It says, you're entitled to enjoy in your home a feeling of well-being, tranquility, and privacy. And when you're away from your home, you should have a sense of security that you may return to the enjoyment of your home. That's the purpose of the General Assembly. And so what they have done is they have criminalized, meaning making it a crime, if you go to somebody's house with a mob and hold a protest, even if it's out on the street, because Virginia has decided that your peace and tranquility in your home is an important, compelling state interest. Now, you can go to your office and protest some guy at their office. You can go to the steps of the Supreme Court and protest Supreme Court justices. You can go to the National Mall and hold a protest. You can go to the courthouse, the county square, town hall, the shopping mall, maybe. There's lots of places to have your protest, but in Virginia, the one place you can't have it is at a Supreme Court justice's home. It's a crime. It's also a crime for it to be your home if you live in Virginia. Well, nothing seems to be happening, does it? The mob has shown up at Justice Alito's home. The mob is continuing to show up at Justice Amy Coney Barrett's home. Why, by the way, if you're just tuning in, well, that's because they voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. And by golly, I hope you guys are out there praying for these justices because these people are crackpots. Like the guy who showed up in Bethesda with a pistol and zip ties and a crowbar for Justice Kavanaugh to an attempt to assassinate him. Now, some people I've been hearing, and I'd like you all to stop as a favor to me, are calling on the United States Attorney General to do something about this. No! No, you don't want federal government officials doing this, for one. And secondly, the law is harder to enforce. The federal law requires what's called specific intent to intimidate. Specific intent to intimidate. In other words, you're going to the House to try to intimidate them. Now, every single defendant who is prosecuted under the federal law, just imagine a 21-year-old college student female, is going to take the stand and say, it was not my specific intent to intimidate. I just felt violated by this horrible justice's ruling in Dobbs. It's very easy to deflect 
specific intent to intimidate. You see how this works? So the state law is the solution. And it, thankfully, gives the Virginia superintendent of state police, a man by the name of Colonel Gary Settle, Settle, maybe that's ironic. Colonel Gary Settle has the power to enforce this law. In fact, the governor of Virginia has the power to direct Colonel Gary Settle, the head of the Virginia State Police, to conduct an investigation. That's what the law says, 52-8-1. To conduct an investigation into any matter referred to it by the governor, unquote. That is Virginia Code 52-8.1. Because what's happening is people are saying, oh, well, the Fairfax County prosecutor, he's a Soros DA, so he won't do anything. Okay, let him violate his oath. His name, by the way, we don't want to leave him out, is Stephen Descano. Stephen Descano is the guy who won't enforce this law. At least he's on the list. He's the Fairfax County Commonwealth's attorney where these justices live. But Virginia law, thankfully, has a provision that allows the governor of Virginia and the state superintendent of state police, a man by the name of Gary Settle, to investigate these crimes. That's good news. We should rejoice in this because that way we keep justices safe. Oh, but you can't prosecute them. It'll be up to Mr. Soros Descano to to do it. No, 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 no. Virginia law also fixes that. Virginia Code 2.2.511. I'm sorry for all these lawyer citations, but I just want people out there to know these are real laws, not imaginary ones, like they handled in Dobbs. 2.2.511 says that the governor can request the attorney general to prosecute and institute criminal prosecutions in the circuit courts of the Commonwealth. It's right there in the statute. In other words, in the real world, what does this mean? It means you can bypass the Soros Commonwealth's attorney and the governor of Virginia can order the state police to investigate and the attorney general to prosecute. Full stop. Full stop. So there's an answer for the mobs that are showing up at Supreme Court justices' homes in Virginia because it is a crime. Oh, what about the First Amendment? Ah, there we go. There's where the fear enters into this storyline. First of all, no judge has ruled on the First Amendment on this law. Do you think the left would stop and say, oh, We can't enforce the law because we think it might be problematic. Okay, talk to Steve Bannon about that today. He's going to court right now, no, in a few minutes, in D.C. facing criminal charges for criminal contempt of Congress, something that Eric Holder also did. But the DAs, the Commonwealth's attorney, I'm sorry, the U.S. attorney never prosecuted Eric Holder. But this one is going after Republicans. So if there's a First Amendment issue, which I would submit there is not, let a judge say so, not a bureaucrat. 
Let a court of law say the First Amendment prohibits prosecution, not an unnamed bureaucrat in the Commonwealth Attorney's Office in Fairfax, Virginia. What do you think? one 589 Okay, wait. The First Amendment is not absolute. You guys have all heard you can't shout fire in a crowded theater, right? Well, the First Amendment is not absolute. And the state legislature, through the elected representatives of the people, as they've done in Virginia, can decide that certain speech can't take place in certain places. And they've decided it can't take place in front of your home if you live in Virginia. And that is a compelling state interest in the eyes of the legislature. And that's how it works in First Amendment law. You have a compelling state interest. And if you have a compelling state interest, you can regulate the speech even under the First Amendment. And then the law has to be narrowly tailored to achieve that interest, which in this case it is. Nobody could dispute that. You can't protest in front of someone's home. Okay, we'll narrowly tailor it so you can't protest in front of someone's home. It's an exact fit. But for some reason in Virginia, we have a situation where the Commonwealth's attorney in Virginia in Fairfax County, where the Supreme Court justices who overturned Roe v. Wade live, and the state government of Virginia, State Police Superintendent Gary Settle, are not enforcing Virginia law. They are allowing the mob to march down Justice Alito's street for the last month and having no response except to stand there and look at the threats. Now, why is this? What's the purpose of having law if we're not going to enforce it? What's the purpose of prohibiting mobs from showing up at your house in Virginia if everybody from top to bottom who's in charge of enforcing the law doesn't enforce it? Repeal it then. Have the guts to repeal it. It's way more corrosive to civil society and law and order to sit there and not enforce a law in the books because either you're a coward or you disagree with it. Oh, wait, but it's not constitutional. Tell a court to say so. You know how this works. You don't just decide that you're the king and shall not enforce a statute of parliament. That's not how it works. That's how it worked in the 1600s in England. And in France in 1780. And all over far-off continents in the world right now. But in America, when we have a law that says you can't protest in front of someone's home in Virginia, and a mob shows up at the Supreme Court Justice's house because they love Roe v. Wade, because their religion has just been pushed to the margins, then you enforce the law. Tony, you're in Arkansas. Good morning. You're on with Christian Adams on American Family Radio. What do you have to say this morning? Uh, morning, Christian. Uh, I just want to agree with you, basically, uh, but just and to say that, you know, that's what January 6th was all about, because, I mean, the left sat there and burnt down Portland, and actually had an insurrection there because, I mean, they held down uh, a police station for, what, six months? 
And that's basically the definition of an insurrection. And, I mean, it's it's a big double standard because the left, I mean, it's basically like you walk up, shoot me in the leg, and I hit you, and nobody talks about shooting me in the leg, but uh, everybody knows that I hit you. That's the way the media is covering it. And right, and Tony, people- I, I think you have an important point. And you have linked a bunch of different examples of what we're talking about, namely double standards, uh, whether it's Portland, Oregon, or, or wherever, with what's happening. And I want to emphasize the importance of understanding that this is contagious, isn't it? If you stop enforcing the law, it becomes contagious. And officials stop enforcing the law and stop enforcing the law and stop enforcing the law, and next thing you know, you have breakdown. And some people will tisk tisk and say, oh, we're not going to have that happen. Listen to this crazy guy on the radio talk about breakdown because a couple people won't enforce the law. Folks, I read history. I know how this plays. When both sides stop enforcing the law, you have people saying the law doesn't matter. When you have a clear statute on the books in Virginia that makes it a crime to go march in front of somebody's house and protest, and nobody enforces it, I start to say, as a Virginian, what good is the law? Why should we care about the law if it's not being enforced? And if you don't see how that's corrosive, then you are allowing a wicked, wicked, cancerous idea to get hold in this country. And unfortunately, I think this started, oh, I'd put it at about 13 years ago. Because I saw it up close at DOJ. I saw it up close at DOJ when we enforced the law, depending on whether or not we agreed with the law. Whether or not we kind of, you know, I was never elected to Congress. We're going to hear from you next. We're going to talk more about this. Why aren't we enforcing law in Virginia to protect the Supreme Court justices? My name is Jay Christian Adams. You can chime in with your views at 1-888-589-8840. 1-888-589-8840. In for Sandy Rios this morning. Sandy, get well, please. We need you back. Can't wait to hear her on the show. Back with more after this on American Family Radio. God can use persecution to strengthen the church and individuals within it. Persecution is granted to us. Don't miss this. What an honor to be chosen to follow in the footsteps of Christ, to die like the thief beside him, so that men enslaved to sin can see the gospel written in our flesh and believe. Gain more perspective on persecution with Jordan Shambly's article, The Victorious Persecuted Church, in the Fall 21 issue of Engage Magazine, or visit engagemagazine.net. Hello, I'm Don Hawkins, here to tell you about Encouragement Live, 55 minutes of industrial strength radio encouragement featuring resourceful guests plus practical biblical insights to help you face life's challenges. We'll be taking your phone calls, so plan to join us for Encouragement Live, 
Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central, 8.05 p.m. Eastern, here on American Family Radio. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. According to a recent study published by the Christian Post, 76.3% of all abortions are obtained by, quote, God-fearing women, unquote, with 68.7% who identified themselves as Christian women and 18% of all abortions obtained by self-described born-again or evangelical women. A corresponding CareNet study found that many women with unplanned pregnancies go silently from the church pew to the abortion clinic convinced the church would gossip rather than help. America's greatest need is repentance. When the hearts of the American people turn to God, everything else will be impacted. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. If you haven't switched to MediShare yet, two big reasons to at least consider it and why it makes so much sense right now. Number one's inflation, which is just affecting everything. And it makes sense to say, okay, where can I actually save? Well, you could save a lot in one fell swoop if you switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month. Secondly, your conscience. MediShare members aren't forced to pay for things they don't support or believe in. And that's a big deal for a lot of people right now. They want their money to actually help people. And one more reason, you can trust MediShare. It's been the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and members love it, too. It has double the customer satisfaction rating compared to health insurance. So now's a great time to consider making the switch, and they're very easy to talk to. MediShare has great customer service. You can even get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. All other things being equal, we now know the answer to Benjamin Franklin's famous admonition about whether we'll be able to, quote, keep, unquote, our constitutional republic. New polling data suggests that unless something dramatic changes among a generation or two of younger Americans in due course, we will surrender our sovereignty, freedoms, and country to new management. According to a Heartland Institute Rasmussen survey, a majority of us in the 19 to 39 age cohort want the United Nations to be responsible for safeguarding our civil rights. That would be the end of the Constitution bequeathed to us by Franklin and the other founders. Instead of individuals we elect and who are therefore supposed to be accountable to us, we would be ruled by foreigners, most of whom, like the Chinese Communist Party, hate freedom. Are you willing to let that happen to America? This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Hey there, Jay Christian Adams in for Sandy Rios this Monday. How are you doing out there? Can't wait till Sandy's back. Stay tuned. We'll be coming soon, I hope. Want to hear from you? 1-888-589-8840. We're talking about double standards. And in Virginia, it's a crime to protest at a Supreme Court justice's home or your home if you live in Virginia. You can actually sue, by the way. If anybody lives near these justices, please give me a call. Maybe you and I could go to court. Happy to talk to you. Scott, you're in Alabama. Good morning. What do you have to say? Good morning, Jay. I think I've got an answer to your question. 
As far as why keep it on the books, well, it's about the double standard you talked about. See, the left has to keep laws on the books like that because when it's time to prosecute, and I would say persecute those on the right, they have a law with which to do it. Right, and and like contempt of Congress, Steve Bannon, Mark Meadows, uh, others all facing these threats. Steve Bannon actually going to trial today in a federal court in D.C. And so they keep the laws on the books, I think you're saying, Scott, in order to keep that weapon available when their opponents violate it. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. And that's exactly how they're using laws like this. Right. Well, thank you for your call, Scott. As I said earlier, folks, do not think that this is a Justice Department issue. Because as I said earlier, the federal law requires a specific intent to intimidate. Whereas the state law that prohibits it doesn't have that. If you show up at someone's house to protest in Virginia, you committed a crime. Period. Game over. Joe, what do you have to say this morning? You're in North Carolina. Good morning. You're on American Family Radio. Yeah, morning, uh, Jacksonville, uh, North Carolina, home of the U.S. Uh, Marine Corps East Coast. And a uh, uh, quick uh, one-liner that I have is uh, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Why don't we post Merrick Garland's uh, home address and uh, us conservatives uh, get out there and protest in front of his home and uh, dish him uh, what he's dishing out to uh, the Supreme Court justices? And well, I'll that's hang a- up and uh, listen. Yeah, I'll hang right. Thank you very much, Joe. That's an interesting idea. Um, let me tell you a little secret about the swamp and living inside the Beltway. Now, there are going to be lots and lots and lots and lots of counterexamples to what I'm going to tell you that sounds stereotypical, but I'm going to say it anyhow. Typically, Democrats who are in government, they don't like to live in Virginia. They turn their nose up at it. Now, that's changing because Virginia's changing. But they like to live in D.C., Tacoma Park, all of these little enclaves where people agree with them. Sometimes they live in Rockville, Maryland. But generally speaking, they don't like to live in Virginia. And of course, Virginia is the only state that has a law criminalizing, making it a crime to protest at someone's house. Now, maybe Merrick Garland lives in Virginia. I I am perfectly happy to be wrong about this. But let's pretend he lives in Virginia. I will wager that if y'all organize a big old mob to go to his house like they've done to Justice Alito, like they've done to Justice Amy Coney Barrett and are promising to do, I think, every Tuesday. If you were to go to Justice, or I'm sorry, oops, slip of the tongue, Attorney General Merrick Garland's house in Virginia and protest, I have a funny feeling that the local prosecutor may suddenly overcome his objection to enforcing the law. Because that's how they play, don't they? That's how they play. And everyone who's watching this, just in case you're one of these sort of, you know, uh, spineless Republicans who sort of agree but don't think anything should be done about it, don't want to take a risk, right? You need to understand that this is corrosive to civil society. That there's bigger externalities, to use an economics term, in other words, There's other side effects besides you getting criticized in the Washington Post for enforcing the law. And one of those side effects are is increasing numbers of people by the thousands start to not care about the law. 
and it is corrosive to civil society when laws are not taken seriously. And that produces chaos and confusion and brings us to Beth in Texas. Good morning, Beth. What do you have to say? Good morning. I was just wanting to agree with you that the chaos and the confusion is very deliberate. They don't want anybody to really know what the law says or what the law doesn't say. What they're interested in is confusing people so that, just like the devil confused uh, Adam and Eve, did God really say that? They don't really care that you know what the law is. They're just going to use it to their benefit. And also, liberals by nature are trained to be activists, and conservatives really do need to grow a spine because normally conservatives, we just want to take care of our families and our home, go to work, take care of our businesses, and we better get ready for battle. Well, you know, I, I hate to say it, I think you have a point, and Beth, the, the, you know, there was a time, I always like when I sub for Sandy, like I'm doing today, I'm Jay Christian Adams, hello. When I substitute for Sandy, I like folks to ride along in the Christian Adams time machine, right? And I go back in time to remind everybody what it was like 20, 30, 40 years ago. Because I lived it, you, many of you lived it. And 30 years ago, if we were having this discussion and said, it's against the law to do that, that'd be the end of the story, wouldn't it? That'd be it. There wouldn't be any Washington Post writing an article about how the law shouldn't be enforced because people would say, that's against the law. Those are like magic words, right? That's against the law. Well, he's doing X. Yeah, that's against the law. End of conversation. The only people who would keep the conversation going were the destabilizers, like in the Weather Underground, on the far left, who would call into question the societal structures that created this oppressive regime, blah, 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 blah. Those people were a tiny, irrelevant minority. When you uttered the magic words, it's against the law, the conversation was over. Not anymore. Now we have Steve Descano, Commonwealth's attorney, tweeting at me, by the way, and tweeting at Hans von Spakovsky, the Heritage Foundation, that it's a violation of the First Amendment to enforce the law. Re- oh, really, Mr. Judge, Commonwealth's Attorney Descano? Mr. Supreme Court Justice, Commonwealth's Attorney Descano? Who made you a judge? Do your job. Enforce the law in Virginia. Now, I haven't heard from Gary Settle. Gary Settle was the head of the Virginia State Police. And if I substitute again for Sandy in the next week or two, I'm going to make arrangements and invite Gary Settle to come on this show and explain why the Virginia State Police are not enforcing the law to protect Supreme Court justices in their homes. Oh, we are protecting them. No, no, no. You didn't listen to the first half of the show. There's a law that criminalizes protests at Supreme Court justices' homes. Why aren't you enforcing it? Good morning, Louise. You're in North Carolina. You're on with Jay Christian Adams. I just saw the movie, The Plot Against the President. It explains about Mike Flynn so well. But there was a line in that movie that really I thought was profound, and it's this. If the people in charge of guarding the state 
choose to turn against the state, the state is defenseless. Right. And what does history show always steps into that vacuum? It's never like the nice people, is it? It's, it's, always, it's always the people with like the homemade uniforms, right? It's always the people who want to destroy churches. Oh, yeah. Read your history of Mexico, 1915 to 1923. Rough stuff. Communist atheist takeover there. Lots and lots and lots of people getting shot because they were Christian and Catholic. Oh, down in Mexico, sings James Taylor. So you're exactly right, Louise. When the law-abiding people stand down because they're scared to enforce the law, we know what follows. The civilization and civil society does not become more kind after the cowards have their say. It becomes much worse. If you don't enforce the law now, things get a lot worse. Don, good morning. You're in Arkansas. What do you have to say? You're on American Family Radio. I'm Christian Adams, substituting for Sandy Rios. Well, I just want to say thank you for taking my call. And remember one old saying that uh, laws without consequences is mere advice. And, uh, right. And, and the Virginia okay. General Assembly has given apparently mere advice to Steve Descano, the Commonwealth's attorney of Fairfax, who doesn't want to protect Supreme Court justices, who are his constituents, I might add, and doesn't want to enforce a law that prohibits mobs showing up their house. And the Virginia State Police are kind of taking the advice, aren't they? Like, it's illegal to protest at someone's house, so maybe we'll send some troopers to stand around and watch the crime. Because that's what's been happening so far. And I think if you allow this to get any worse, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Walter, you're in Virginia. No one can protest at your house without committing a crime. So what do you have to say this morning on American Family Radio? Yes, uh, thank you. I would like to point out these laws that you're describing uh, sound to me like the laws that were passed in the South about masks and so forth as part of getting rid of the Klan. And now, ironically, we have the Democrats not enforcing the laws that were put on the books and used successfully to essentially get rid of the Klan. Uh, but now that it's youthful, just like your other caller and just like uh, they have in the Atlas Shrug book, yeah, the laws exist for us to use them when we need them. I, I wish Governor Yunkin, he's you know, far better than Terry McAuliffe, but he's a little soft and he gets a lot right. But th this is one of the issues where I think he needs to be the executive. I think Jason Miaras is willing to do this. Well, I hope you're right. Not, not about him being soft, but I hope you're right about uh, some willingness to do something. And it may be just for the staffer down in Richmond rolling the tape of this playback, it may be that they don't have any idea that this is the law, right? Let's hope it's that. Now, I know Hans von Spakovsky at the Heritage Foundation has been writing about this for a couple of weeks, that this is in fact the law in Virginia. Forget about the federal thing with Merrick Garland. Forget about it. That requires specific intent. Very hard to prove. In Virginia, it's different. If you show up at someone's house to protest, it's a crime. Full stop. 
You don't have to do anything else. You don't even have to open your mouth. You just be there and you're committing a crime. So it's a really easy thing to stop this nonsense and possibly stop an assassination. Because that's what this is really all about, folks. Do not lose sight of that. They know exactly what they're doing. That's right, I said it. Because it already happened. I'm not speculating that somebody wanted to assassinate a Supreme Court justice. It already happened in Maryland with Justice Kavanaugh and the lunatic with a Glock and zip ties showing up in the middle of the night at his house. It already happened. So you can reserve your outrage and my paranoia because I'm dealing on the side of facts. And we have Supreme Court justices who should be protected by the law that prohibits protests. And unfortunately, in Virginia, they're not being protected. Uh, so, Walter, thank you very much for your call. Steve, you're in Louisiana. What do you have to say? Steve, go ahead. Going once, Steve. Going twice. Sorry, Steve. Bobby, you're in Arkansas. How about you? I would say that um, it's pretty obvious that our country has been, our government's been taken over. And until we address that and do something about it, then the same stuff that's going to keep happening over and over and over again. Well, thank you, Bobby, for paying attention. I think that's what it really takes is people to care. And don't forget the power of those phone calls to government officials, folks. You might think they're sort of a waste of time. They're not. I, I promise you. I've been on the other side of those calls. I'm Jay Christian Adams. It's been great hosting for Sandy. Can't wait till you're back, Sandy. Want to hear you in the morning, not me, on American Family Radio. And thank you all very much for your time and attention and all the great calls today. It's always a pleasure spending time in the morning with you all. I'm Jay Christian Adams. You're listening to American Family Radio. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.